Welcome, church family. Are you glad to be here today? Amen. Three of you are. That's great. I want to welcome everyone watching in the Overflow Church. Would you join me in welcoming them as well as they're watching in the Overflow and on Church Online? Great. We're so glad to have you with us. We're glad to be here and excited for what God's doing. We are in the middle of a moment, church family. God has been uh, working this summer. We are uh, a work in progress, as you can see. Uh, the renovation is underway. We're meeting here and over at the school next door. Um, this is a God moment. This is a moment in time where the Lord is meeting us. We are in a series right now called Summer of Kairos, and it's go taking us through the entire summer. We are going to be exploring these things we're calling Kairos moments in the Bible. The word Kairos is a word for time. It's in the Greek language. That's why it may not be very familiar for you. But that word in the Greek, that's the language of the New Testament, means an appointed time by God or a moment that calls us to action. The Bible's full of these moments. In this summer, we're going to explore some of them. We're going to learn how we can be ready when God speaks to us, when God calls us, when God brings a moment like that in front of us, where he calls us to be faithful, to trust him, to take a step. Last week we talked about what does it look like to take a, take a big step of faith, to burn the plows as Elisha did, as he gave up uh, everything about his security, followed God. God meets people with power when they're willing to trust him in that way. Amen? How many of you know God knows best? God knows the way, he know, He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. Today we're going to study that theme more fully and, and further in the life of a man named Abram, who we know as Abraham in the Old Testament. If you have your Bibles, you can open with me now to the book of Genesis. And as we're doing this, we're, we're going to continue to understand this idea of faith and what faith costs us and what the reward is for faith. And as we do that, I know God has something special ordained for today. This is a God appointment. This is a moment in time. There are moments that will change your life forever. And it's whenever God wants to come, and, and especially when God brings a word, when God has a word. Last week, if you were in our second service, um, I shared with you a story about a Kairos moment in my life. It was the moment that I was called into ministry. It was the moment when God spoke a word into my life, right where I was. I was studying to go into computer repair, uh, networking technologies. And as I was studying to go down that road, God had begun to stir my heart. But here's the problem. I wasn't taking a step in that direction, the direction God was even already starting to plant in my heart. Instead, I became blinded by my own ambition, and I said, this is the way that I'm going to walk. How many of you know that we are not good navigators in life? We can think that we are, we can, but I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if you have Waze on your phone, uh, Maps, Google Maps, uh, Siri, whatever you want. It doesn't matter. We cannot navigate our way out of a paper bag when it comes to walking in the will of God sometimes. We can miss it over and over and over again. It's because there's pride, there's ego, there's so many things. The Bible says this, if we acknowledge the Lord in all our ways and lean not on our own understanding, he will make our paths straight. He will give us the right way. He will allow us to walk in it. That's what I want more than anything else in this life. I want to walk in the path God has for me. I want to be in his purpose. I want to be in his will. But can I be honest with you? Back then, I think I wanted my plan more than I wanted God's plan. And in a moment, you saw it on video, I was called into ministry. I was in a service, a room about this size, a group about this size. And in that moment, the man who was speaking, the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart and said, there's a young man in this room studying to go into computer repair. God wants to call him into ministry. Some of you last week, you remember seeing that? 
a much younger version of me uh, there. I told my wife, maybe I'll redo my hair like I had it back then. She didn't seem amused. Um, but as, as I got called into ministry, and you remember seeing it if you saw the video, I put my hands in my face, and I just was so overwhelmed. I was, I was aggravated. I was in agony. I was kicking and screaming on the inside. Because I thought I knew what I wanted for my life. I thought I knew the plan. But I want to tell you, when God brings a word, he, he, he gives you an opportunity. Say opportunity. And, I, and if you watch the video, you would see there's a moment where the speaker, he's speaking. And he then says, everyone starts clapping. And they say, stop, don't clap. He doesn't need that. He said, this is about him now. This is about him and God. And the idea was, he, he said, no, 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 this, this isn't something to be excited about. This is now between him and God to figure out what he's going to do with this. And there I am just like, what am I going to do about this? And here's what I realized. We chase after those words. Some of you are like, I wish I had a moment like that. I want to have a time where God speaks his plan, his will. He gives me a word. And I'm like, can I tell you something? A word is worthless without action. A word, you can have all the words. We have people that will chase around prophecies or I want a word from God. And they'll get these words and they'll warm their heart and they'll get so excited and they'll do nothing with it. And they'll be sitting in the same place, struggling with the same things. Why? Because the word isn't enough. The promise isn't enough. Thinking it's good and believing it's God is not enough. It requires another thing to really bring about transformation. And that word is obedience. So you can get all the words you want, but if you don't combine it with obedience, the Bible says faith without works is dead. We've got to do something if we believe it's God. Are you with me? So we're going to understand what that looks like today because God has a word for you. He had a word for me and has a word for me today. The question is, am I willing to pay the price of obedience to follow God where he leads me? Because if I do, there's a reward waiting for me. God, speak to us today. Your servants are listening. Lord, we need a word from you. So, Lord, allow this word to pierce our hearts, Lord God, and change us, call us, shake us out of complacency, Lord God. Would you birth a courageous spirit within us, Lord God, to follow you in Jesus' name. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. This is where Moses, I'm not Moses, Abraham gets a word. This is where Abraham gets a word from God, and this word that speaks to him. It's a promise that we don't see fulfilled even until after Moses and, and the people of God enter into the promised land. This promise began with a word to Abraham in this moment in time. Everything about the Exodus, everything that comes later in time started right here. This is what God said. It says, the Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your relatives, your father's house. Go to the land that I will show you and I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. I will make you a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who you treat with contempt. And all the families on earth will be blessed through you. Now think about this moment in time. Abram is a man who's living in a time where people are worshiping all kinds of different gods. And they're trying to cry out that if it's not raining enough, then they're, they're praying to some god. If it's hot like it is this weekend, they're praying to the god of the sun, trying to figure out how to work through that. So they're crying out to anyone anywhere. In that time, it was a lot different as well because cities were very far and few between. A lot of people lived in wilderness lands. They were like nomads, kind of wandering around. They were very vulnerable. They didn't have a lot of protection. But we, what we learn about 
Abraham or Abram is he has a lot a lot going on for him. He has his father's household. He actually lived in a city in a walled place. He had crops, he had fields, he had flocks, he had security, he had comfort. And of all the gods that people are worshiping, the God of the universe, the one only and true God speaks to Abram and has a word for him. And he said, leave all this behind and go to a new place that I'm going to show you. And what's waiting for you on the other side is abundance. An abundance of descendants, an abundance of my blessing, an abundance of land. He said, this is all that's waiting for you. Now go. That's the word. The question is, what will Abraham do with that word? Does he believe it's God? Yes, he believes God is speaking to him. But for him to believe it, that means he has to now act on it. I told you, a Kairos moment is a God-appointed time that calls you to action. So what will you do with the word that you've received, Abram? What will you do, brother, sister? What will you do with the word God gives you? Will you respond? That's what mattered in that moment. But here's the thing about this word, this promise, is that it was uncomfortable to say yes. Because he said, he didn't say, go to a land and this is the address and this is where it is and this is what it looks like. He said, go to the land that I'm going to show you in the future. Leave everything you know in the present to go to a place you don't know about that I'm not even going to show you now and I'll show you later. Anyone want to sign up for that? Does that sound good? I see some people sitting in front. You've just recently moved. Could you imagine that conversation with your spouse? Hey, we're moving. We're selling the house. We're le- where are we going? Oh, we'll show you later. No, I don't, I don't think so. Can you give me an address? Can you give me a zip code? Can you give me a town? Can you give me something? No, no, I'll show that to you later. That's not flying in my house. I don't know about you. This is what God asked Abram to sign up for. This is what he said, leave everything and just go. Where? To the place I'm going to show you. Abraham, like so many in Scripture, and like so few of us today, was crazy enough to trust God and take him at his word. Was crazy, just audacious enough to actually take that word and say, I'm in. Whatever it costs me. Here's what I want you to know. If you want to live a life of faith, if you want to seize a Kairos moment, it will cost you something. But here's what I could tell you today. I don't know your bank statements. I don't know your assets. I don't know what you have and what you don't have. But I promise you this. It will cost you something that you already have, not something that you don't have. What you need to pay the price of faith is something you possess today, right now, every single one of us. You want to know what it is? It's your obedience. It's your will. That's all that it will cost you to follow God's plan for your life. So many of us, there are things we desire in this life, things we want, things that are on our dream list, list, things that are on our Amazon want list or whatever they call that. And all those things cost something. And we're waiting because we don't know if we have what it takes to receive that thing. I promise you today, to follow God and to understand his will for your life, it costs you what you already have, your obedience. Are you willing to pay that price, though? It's the cheapest and the most expensive thing you could ever pay for. Because it will cost you nothing and yet cost you everything at the same time. Are you still with me, church? This is what it's about, to take hold and seize God's promise, to seize the word. And here's what happened. Abraham went and he obeyed God. I told you this, that the cost of faith is obedience. Catch that. The cost of faith is obedience. But I want to tell you this, the reward of faith is abundance. You want abundance, 
it comes on the other side of obedience every single time. If you're obedient to God, abundance is waiting. He has it. The same abundance he promised to Abraham, he made that promise. And if we're willing to take hold of it, God can move so powerfully. Hebrews 11.8, this is how the author describes it. It says, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that he would give him as his inheritance. And he went without knowing where he was going. Is anyone willing to sign up for that trip? The question is, and this is what happened, God had a word. He had a word for Abraham about his future, about his calling, about it, but it would cost him his comfort, it would cost him his security, it would cost him everything he understood and knew in that moment. The question was, what was worth more, his calling or his comfort? Which one would he be obedient to? And he had to make that decision. And can I tell you, it's a decision that every single one of us have to make every single day. I believe there's a Kairos moment waiting for you. And when it comes, you're going to have to choose between calling and comfort to walk into it, to step into the future God has for you. And so this is what happens in this moment. And here's what you have to ask yourself. If I'm going to receive a word from God, if, if if I desire that, you have to ask, what is that word worth to you? Is it worth your security? Is it worth your comfort? Is it worth everything that you know if God is in it? And if you say yes, then the answer is yes. Abraham risked everything to be obedient to the call of God. That is an act of faith. Faith isn't just the idea that I believe God or believe that he's speaking. It's that I'm acting upon that belief. I'm shaping my life around that reality that God is faithful. He speaks and I obey. Faith and obedience is so important. Here's what it says in Hebrews 11.6. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who comes to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Does anyone in the house today believe that? And so here's what happened in 11.9. It says, even when Abraham reached the land that God promised him, he got there and God said, he did not say build a house here. God said, now live here by faith. He said, but it's my land. He said, it's not for you to possess fully right now. It'll come later. Live here by faith. And he lived there by faith. Then you get on to verse 10. And it says, Abraham was confidently looking for a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God himself. See, here's what happens whenever you're willing to follow the plan of God. God is at work on your behalf preparing the place for you. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare that place, I'm bringing you there. He's talking about heaven. He's talking about eternity one day when we come to the end of this life. But I promise you that in this life today, he's also preparing places for you. The Bible says, and we sang about it in this last song before the end of the worship set, Psalm 23 says, you prepare a place for me in the presence of my enemies. That God is in wor- at work preparing places for us. And then he prepares us to inhabit that place, to step into that future if we pursue him. He's waiting on something God alone was building, not what he was building. I don't know about you, I'm more comfortable building my own stuff. I get scared when I don't understand how it's all going to come together. It requires faith, obedience, and abundance is waiting. Faith is the ability to trust that where God has called you to will be greater in the long run than the place that he has called you from. Are you with me? That what he's opening before you is greater. And here's what I realize. If you're really following God, if you're moving between jobs or moving between places, whatever it looks like, 
if you've been following God all along, some people say, well, I'm leaving my job to go and do this new thing God has said to me. So if God speaks to you, say, I'm leaving my job, and then I'm going to do this thing that God wants. But if God gave you that job, then you're just moving from the place God has given me to the new place God is giving me. Are you still with me? This is what it looks like to just walk by faith, to walk it out, to live it out. But there were two parts of this promise. One was God promised him a city, a place, and he also promised him a child. And we get to chapter 15 of Genesis, and Abraham has still not seen either of these things. He's living as a stranger in a land. He doesn't see the land yet. He hasn't seen the promise fulfilled. And he is living without a child. He is unable. Him and his wife are unable to conceive children. And here he is. And sometimes there will be a moment that all you have to go back to is do you trust God still even as you're not seeing it in front of you. And Abraham has this moment where he's down and the Lord speaks to him. God doesn't give him a house or a child in that moment. He gives him something even greater. He gives him his promise one more time. It says in verse uh, 1 of Genesis 15, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. This word is so powerful from God because everything that Abram left behind was security, provision, uh, livestock, all these things. He left it behind. And here he is, completely vulnerable, living as a stranger in the land, living with no protection, complete vulnerability, but in the center of where God wants him. How many of you are willing to go wherever God leads you, even if it makes you uncomfortable? Not too many, I know. Hopefully it was louder in the overflow. The world needs to see people that are that courageous again and again. But here he is in the middle of this, and God comes and doubles down and says, Abraham, don't worry. I am your shield. I'm your protector. And, and I want God as my protector more than I want any of you as my protector. We have a police officer here. I love the Scotch Plains police and the, those that serve us here. But I want God as my protector more than anyone else in this world. We then, he then says, I'm your very great reward. You can imagine Abraham's asking about provision. How am I going to be taken care of? How am I going to care for my He says, don't worry. I'm your shield and your reward. And here's the beautiful part. You get to verse 6. It says, Abram believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. It's powerful when there are people that are audacious enough to say, if God said it, then I receive it and I hold to it. And I cling to this promise. And this is a moment where faith became sight, where God changed everything in Abraham's life. And from there, we see the blessing. From there, we see the abundance. From there, we see the cascading plan of God, where he fulfilled every promise he made to Abraham and then some. And guess what? You and I, we are a part of the fulfillment of the promise he made. He said, you will have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as numerous as the grains of sand on the seashore, next time you go to the Jersey Shore, pick up some sand and look at it because you're one of those grains, you and me. We are one, we're a part of the inheritance God promised to a man named Abraham. You're living and breathing today because our God keeps his word even thousands of years ago. He won't fail. Are you with me? We're part of this whole story. This Kairos moment came to pass because there was a man who believed God and stepped into it. In church, I'm, I'm amazed when we see those kinds of things in real life because the cost of faith is obedience, complete obedience to God. And there's so few willing to pay that price. But the reward is abundance, more than we can think, dream, or imagine. 
And there are people that are willing to live that out, and I'm inspired by them time and time again. There are moments when Kairos is right in front of us, where we're living in the midst of a God moment. I told you this summer is full of these moments, and we are in the middle of one right now, and I want to talk to you about one, a big one, today. It has to do with our team, has to do with our staff here at Evangel Church. Uh, the beginning of this for me, uh, understanding that this moment was coming, um, started about two years ago. I talked to all of our staff members from time to time, our pastors, our leaders, and we'll talk about the future, about what God's speaking to them about, about what he's leading them towards. And I was having a conversation with Pastor Marcia, uh, who we know and love, and as I was talking with her, at that time she had just released her book um, and had been out for a little while. She had written uh, her first book, which is uh, The Courage to Live, a powerful book that really speaks from so much of what God's been opening in her life and ministry over many years. And then she began to speak, and she said to me, Pastor Chris, I really feel like God's opening doors, and he's gonna, I'm going to begin to speak and be able to go around. I'm getting invitations. And I said, you know, I want you to, whatever the Lord's opening, let's, let's, let's see it. Let's, let's get behind it. Let's see what that looks like. And so I prayed with her, and I started to ask her. I said, what do you feel like the future looks like? Do you feel like there's more here at Evangel Church? Do you feel like there's something else? Do you feel like God's calling you to be a, a pastor, like a lead pastor of a church or something? I was just trying to discern God's plan with her. And she said, the thing I really think God's speaking to me about doesn't exist. I said, that's interesting. I think it's more interesting when I, whenever I read about how Abraham was looking for a city whose architect and builder was God. She said, it just doesn't exist. I said, well, pray, pray on it and talk to me as you do, and I'll pray and we'll talk. And I remember about a year later, we're in, I'm in Tanzania, I'm praying for her, she's praying, and I just see all these this vision of these dry churches, dry like the land was in Tanzania where I was, just dry. And I saw Pastor Marcia, she would minister, these churches would just light on fire. And they were all over the place. Like I just kind of saw a map of the United States and just fire coming. And I remember coming back and remember that conversation saying, this is what I see. And it was just revival. And this word revivalist started to come up. And that's where Pastor Marshall really said, this is what I think God's calling me to, is to become a revivalist and to travel and see the fire of God. Just meet people who are dry, meet churches that are dry, and be a, be a blessing. And so Pastor Marsha, we, we started praying about it. I said, just let's talk, let's pray. Because she knew the season was coming about six months ago. Then about two months ago, she said, Pastor Chris, it's here. The Kairos moment is in front of us. I need to step out in faith. This is the moment. And so we're here to tell you and share with you today that Pastor Marsha is going to be stepping off our team and into ministry full-time as a revivalist. And uh, so that's big news. It's, I wasn't as excited as you are right now. <laughs> Uh, whatever we first were talking, I mean, she'll tell you. We, we were, we were, I was like, hold on, maybe there's a, maybe there's a way. Maybe, maybe we could do this. Maybe we could do something else. But it got to a point where said, Pastor Chris, God is speaking. I have to obey him in this. And I said, yes, he is speaking. He's leading it. And so I want Pastor Marsha to come on up, if you're willing, if you'd welcome her. She's going to kind of tell some of the story as well. What's up, family? So this has been a journey that Pastor Chris and I have been walking through. And um, if you see sadness, it's not because I'm not confident in what God is saying. I'm just going to miss y'all a lot. We are family. But this is the deal, is when God begins to speak, we have to obey. And I have preached reckless obedience. I believe in reckless obedience. And so 
God has been unfolding this in my life. I am Pentecostal through and through. That's what I am. That's If you know me for five minutes, that's what I am. And so for me, seeing the church not being the church burns in me. I feel the church is accepted to be a grasshopper when she's supposed to be a lion. And so I feel the church is here, this complacent, less lively than it's supposed to be kind, kind of church, and it's supposed to be here. It's supposed to be on fire. It's supposed to be filled with life. It's supposed to be filled with healing and deliverance and freedom. And so there's this bridge right here. And God has asked me to walk him over the bridge. And so I feel God is calling me to walk through churches. And not my next platform is not a church. It's the church. It's the church. It's what he's called me to do. And so I just feel like God is birthing this. And it's time, this moment, this place. Can I tell you something? Sickness makes me righteously angry. It makes me angry. When I see the church come in one way and leave the same way, something in me is like Jeremiah, this fire in my bones, where I'm like, oh, no. The church should be the force. The church should be the fire. The church should be, why is the, the culture telling us what to do? Why are we not telling them what to do? And it's because the church lacks courage and the church lacks fire. And I feel like God has placed me in this moment, in this season, to inspire, to encourage, and I've used this word before, and he's used it with me, to ignite, to bring ignitement to the church and power. And so we've been walking through. I'm going to tell you, church, I don't have a job. <laughs> I've quit with no job. But I believe God has not given me a position. I'm following a calling. So calling's not waiting for a position. A calling requires just a step. So I don't have step two. I just got step one. But I've taken step one because I know the size of the God I serve. And so I know he's going to make a way for me. I have no concern. I don't have any fear. I know God is in it. I'm just going to miss you all a lot. And so. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's amazing, inspiring. And uh, she'll know we've, we've struggled through it. Yeah. I was, I was in, a, in a moment of transparency, yeah. I was. We were working on a lot of things, like Pastor Marshall. There's got to be a way we can work it together, evangel, and then you do that, and 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 then she we thought maybe, and then she came in my office. She sat down, and said, "No, I got to step out completely," and I'm like, "Why?" We could, yeah. and then I'm in the middle last week of preaching. I try, I accepted it evidently, but in the middle of preaching, and I'm talking about Elisha burning the plows, and I'm looking at Pastor Marsha, and she's smiling ear to ear. She said, "That's not, that's why." I was like, that's why. I told her after, I said, okay, I get it now. I totally get it. But there's something so ins inspirational. And you'll hear Pastor Marsha share testimonies. There's no one that shares testimonies like you. Mm -hmm. There's no one that has stories. Do you know why? Because there's so few people willing to be as obedient as you are willing to be. Obedience leads to abundance. Are you with me, church? Mm -hmm. And so someone else comes and talks to me. But when it's Pastor Marsha and I'm sharing and I know the Lord has spoken, God has given that. He's given prophetic words that have confirmed it. He's given visions. There's been a peace that's rested over it. Yeah. I know God's in it. I know he's going to move and I know he's going to bless it. Family, um, as of three weeks ago, yeah. um, Pastor Chris and I had really, can I tell you, the, the, the will of God is not always step one, step two, step three. Sometimes it unfolds like a map. And so him and I have been wrestling through and planning through, and we came up with what we believed was God. And then I went to someone's house who's prophetic, and they said, hey, I don't know what you're walking through, but whatever it is, it's God. And whatever plan you just, just finished within the past couple of hours, God is in it. And he said, you guys, whoever you're walking this out with, because they had no idea. 
Whatever you're walking this out with, as you walk this out, God is going to bless you and he's going to bless the house. Because God is going to be honored by the obedience on both ends. So I'm excited to see God yeah, explode absolutely. that in us. It was amazing. So. I got back to her and I said, hey, what did you think about what we talked about? Yeah. She said, I'm in it. And then she told me that story. So just time and again, we're seeing yeah. God move. We're seeing him, him bless and put his hand upon it. I want you to know this church, we're behind Pastor Marsha and what she's doing as a church. We're supporting. We're, 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 we're not just going to support in words. Um, we desire to come alongside. If you're stepping out into it, we're going to be the first to sow into that work and to see God uh, just bless it, multiply it, and be there. Uh, a little bit about timeline, just so you're aware. Um, at the end of August is going to be the conclusion of Pastor Marcia's season. We're going to do some things to honor and bless her on the 8th of September. Mark your calendars. That's going to be a service that we have some things planned that we just want to uh, bless, honor, and commission her into what God's calling um, at that time. And so that's what it's going to look like. She's going to step out fully into being a revivalist. This won't be the last time you see her. She's going to speak next Sunday. So I'll be here next Sunday. She's going to share more about the journey because you're in the middle of a Kairos moment right now. Um, and so as she does that, but even afterwards, she's called not to the, this church, but to the church, the church at large. So we're still a part of that. So you better believe she'll still be here speaking from time to time, pouring in. And God hasn't said Africa or anywhere else yet, so you'll still relatively be pretty close to New Jersey. But we're family. This is it. And, um, and we're, we're believing God has something so great in store. We believe God will take care of us in this house. We believe God's honoring her house. And we just sense God's in the midst of this moment. So we say yes and amen. This is obedience. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate that, church? I want to invite you to stand to your feet with me today. There's a moment here. And Pastor Marcia, as she, as she shared with me about this, she said, when, when I share this news with the body, and this was her prayer, this is what I believe God was putting in your heart. She said, I believe it's going to trigger someone, it's going to inspire someone that's been sitting on the sidelines that's been standing still and stuck, and they know God's called them to something. They know God's preparing something, and they're unwilling to step into it, that this will be the moment that, that un unsticks them, that unlocks them, that frees them to be able to really take the courageous step that God's been putting before them. So here's what I'm going to invite you to do here, and if you're watching in the overflow, if you're here right now and you could feel the Spirit of God stirring you through this message, through what you've just seen and what you've heard, and you said, God's speaking to me. I know he's, he's calling me, and I'm ready to take that courageous step of obedience. Whatever that looks like. That might be in a job. That might be in your marriage. That might be in a relationship. That might be in any area, but you now feel like God's stirring you, and you're ready to take that step. You're not going to be stuck anymore. If that's you, just come to the front. I'm asking Pastor Marsha just to pray a blessing over you, just to pray a prayer that God's going to uh, meet you, speak to you, lead you. Come on, if you're here to the front, to the back, in the overflow right now, just leave your seat, just walk to the front. And as you come, we're just going to begin to pray. And we're just going to ask the Lord just to meet us in this moment, in this Kairos moment in someone's life. Come on, and worship team, you can come in both places and just get ready. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Come on, would you just begin to praise the Lord, church family, as people are just responding to the Lord right now in this hour. Come on, just lift your hands as you walk forward. Just begin to pray. Just begin to call out to the Lord. Come on, church, this isn't time to be silent. Let's lift our voice right now all around this room. Just be, begin to ask, begin to pray, begin to intercede for those that are responding right now as the Lord's prompting their hearts. Jesus, we give you praise. Great and mighty is your name, Jesus. We bless you. Would everyone here just lift their hands with me today? Just lift your hands up before the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you this morning, Lord God.
that, Lord, you love your church and you love your people, Lord God. And, Father, you have great and mighty things, Lord God, for your church, Lord God. And, Father, I thank you for those that have stepped forward, Lord God. And they might do it with some trembling, Lord God, but, Father, they're still doing it, Lord God. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord God, that courage is not the absence of, of fear, Lord God. It's even looking at fear and moving forward anyway, Lord God. And so, Father, we move forward today, Lord God, knowing that you're a good God, knowing that you're a great God, and knowing that obedience to you, Lord God, is all that counts. The consequences are yours, God. The obedience is ours, Lord God. And so, Father, we step forward, Lord God, in what you have. We step forward in what you've called us to do, Lord God. We say yes, Jesus. There's no other answer, Lord God, when you ask a question. The answer is yes, God. And so we as a body, we as the people who have come forward, we say yes to you, Jesus, because you're a good God and we trust you that you know what's best. We don't have to know all the steps. We just have to know the question you're asking. And the answer is yes, God. And so, Father, I pray for those that have come forward, Lord God, that are saying today, I say yes, God. I pray right now that you would give them confidence. You would give them courage, Lord God. You would make a way for them, Lord God. Father, as they step into this, Lord God, may the miraculous meet them, Lord God. Because it's only in these obedient steps that the miraculous shows up, Lord God. You said signs and wonders will follow those that believe. As we're moving, the signs and wonders come, Lord God. So, Father, we get in motion with you, God. We get right in the pocket of what you want today, God. And we say yes, God. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you are going to meet these people today, God, with great power and great freedom, Lord God. I pray that today would mark their life, Lord God. And, Father, I pray for evangel, Lord God, that, Father, signs and wonders would follow this house, Lord God, that your power would explode in this house, that revival would come to this place, Lord God. Spirit of God, have your way. Have your way. Open up heaven over this house today, God. May this church be marked as the place where the sick get healed, Lord God. May it be marked where the broken get restored, Lord God. Come, Lord God, move in this place. And, Father, cause us all to have the courage to step into what you have for us, Lord God. We give you praise this morning. Amen. 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 Right now, church family, can we just praise, praise the Lord? Come on, can we just lift him up? We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for every prayer. And now, church, if you'll extend your hand towards Pastor Marsha, I want to pray a prayer of blessing right now over her. In Jesus' name, come on, lift your voice on her behalf. Jesus, we call out to you right now, Lord God, on behalf of your servant, Lord God, on behalf of your daughter. Lord God, you put such courage in her spirit, Lord God. You filled her with such anointing, Lord. You placed your hand upon her in power, Lord God. And today, Lord God, I pray for a blessing, Lord, that would come from you, Lord God, alone. I pray the blessing, Lord God, of your word. As we look on the pages of Scripture, give her a Hebrews chapter. Chapter 11, blessing, Lord God, that of the hall of faith, Lord God, those that trusted you and saw the abundance, Lord God, may she be numbered among them, Lord God. May her testimony rise, Lord God 
to a place where we see it, Lord God. We pray right now, Lord God, that there be spiritual revival, Lord God, that there would be an igniting that would sweep, Lord God, where she goes. Spirit of God, bring about revival. Would healing flow, Lord God? Would churches never be the same? Would communities be impacted, Lord God? We pray, Lord, that the fire of God would follow her reckless obedience to you, Lord God, that there would be a greater anointing that she's ever seen. Oh, Lord God, rest over her now, Spirit of God. Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in her and through her, Lord God. We say yes, we say amen. Holy Spirit, set her apart, Lord God. May our world be changed. May revival come. May the tide that she's been seeing, the very tide, the keep tide you keep talking about, Pastor Marsha, I sense that's the tide that's going to flip by your step. Right now, Lord God, will we see a tide, a wave of your presence, Lord God, fall over places, Lord God, saturate areas, Lord, that are barren and hopeless, Lord God, as your daughter steps into your promise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. One, one thing I said to you after service, I told this to Pastor Marsha standing right here. I said, I keep working on my messages last week, this week, and as I'm reading the page of Scripture, I keep seeing your story in the middle of it. You know what happens when you honor God and you obey? When what you're doing is biblical, then you don't just find one verse or one passage. It's like the whole testimony of Scripture shows it. And over and over again, some of you are going to do your devotions. You're going to see what she's living out being echoed right there because this is biblical. This is following God, recklessly obeying Him, and God takes care of that. Amen? So we're going to celebrate. We're going to honor the Lord. We're going to see God do great and mighty things. We're excited for what God's going to do. I'm going to invite the altar workers to come forward. This is the end of our time together. Our altar team's going to come up around. If you still want prayer, you want to spend time here, we're not, we're not in any hurry today, church family. We want you to stay cool. Uh, so if you are leaving, we have some water, some cold water waiting for you outside uh, so you can stay hydrated. But God bless you. We'll see you on Wednesday night and next Sunday. If you need prayer, come on forward. We'll be glad to pray with you.